Up next is a daily devotional by Pastor Tim Dotson, pastor of JF Believers Church in Menominee, Wisconsin. Subscribe to our podcast by visiting burningdogradio.com and clicking on subscribe. Thanks for listening to Burning Dog Radio. Matthew chapter 27. Beginning in verse 1, we read, Now when morning had come, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. They bound him and led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Having gathered together their false witnesses and their basket of lies, Jesus was not condemned by those on the street nor by the blatant acknowledged sinner, but rather by those who stood to lose in their religiosity and in their self-righteousness. Such a state of being can be as blinding, if not more blinding, than even a life of sin itself. Once a man has come to a state where he believes himself to have achieved some level of excellence and purity via his actions and works, well, the entrenched blindness can be nearly incurable. Thus together, and strength in numbers, I guess, they corporately passed judgment upon Jesus. A judgment that was ultimately not one of guilt, but rather based upon their pent-up hatred of a Messiah who failed to support them in their self-centered living and in their pious elitism. They wanted to continue to play church, and this radical Jesus endangered their status quo. This revolutionary, well, he had to be stopped. Verse 3 says, Then Judas, who betrayed him, when he saw that Jesus was condemned, he felt remorse, and he brought back the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned in that I betrayed innocent blood. But they said, What is that to us? You see to it. He threw down the pieces of silver in the sanctuary and departed. Then he went away and hanged himself. Now we may never know just what Judas was thinking throughout this whole ordeal. What truly was his motivation? Simply greed? Self-preservation? Who knows? But we do read here that there was an element of sorrow and repentance once Jesus was condemned. Reality had arrived. Regret ruled the day. The text says that Judas felt remorse or that he repented. However, we must acknowledge that there is a godly repentance and then there is a worldly repentance and certainly it was the latter that Judas experienced that day. It was a remorse, it was a repentance of sorry I did it, sorry I got caught. Worldly repentance stems from a knee-jerk reaction to pain and guilt and consequence. Judas attempted the impossible task of backpedaling. We all want, in such situations, to erase the past, to 
make it all go away like it never happened. Now Judas, like so many who would follow through the next generations, repented before men. In this case, the priests, but apparently he failed to do so before God. Judas found out what those who turn against God always find out in the end. That is that those who think that they are our friends, those who we think are our friends, those outside of the sheepfold, well, they will sooner or later expose their true selves. Today, tomorrow, or next week, but that day will come. The priest pretended to be his friends, and they turned against him in the end. Verse 6 says, The chief priest took the pieces of silver and said, It's not lawful to put them into the treasury, since it is the price of blood. So they took counsel, and they bought the potter's field with them to bury strangers in. So, herein holding true to their pious religiosity, these priests even desired to put on their spiritual hats and even now be perceived as being, well, the purveyors of righteousness. It's funny to imagine that these guys actually thought they were doing the good and upright thing after sticking it to Judas. The right thing to do, apparently, in their minds anyway, was to buy a field with the money and establish a poor man's cemetery. I mean, after all, they couldn't righteously use blood money for any good and godly temple pursuits, right? Verse 8 says, And therefore the field has been called the field of blood to this day. Then that which was spoken through Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled, saying, They took the thirty pieces of silver, the price of him upon whom the price has been set, whom some of the children of Israel priced, and they gave him or gave them for the potter's field as the Lord commanded me. These religionists attempted to cover their actions with some community service. They knew that they could not use this money in the temple because the law states that money gained or used in an evil way was not acceptable to God. So their actions established that this whole ordeal was not righteous, but in fact was quite evil. The way in which the law was meted out by these guys apparently was completely arbitrary. What these priests had here was a religion of their own invention, a man-made religion with man-made rules, sort of like the version of religion that is so prevalent today. Verse 11, Now Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, saying, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said to him, So you say. Round two of the questioning. This time Jesus admits to being the king of the Jews. No denial, no debate. Just, yes, it is just like you said, Pilate. Well, it may have seemed that no one was listening that day, the confession of Jesus here would echo throughout history. Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate 
testify the good confession, says 1 Timothy 6.13. King of the Jews. Such a term, such a title could only have come from the religious leaders. Pilate alone would not have known such a name. Thus we are again reminded of who was in human charge of this situation, at least politically speaking. Verse 12 says, When he was accused by the chief priests and elders, he answered nothing. And then Pilate said to him, Don't you hear how many things they testify against you? He gave no answer, not even one word, so that the governors marveled. The governor marveled greatly. Now, Pilate was far from an innocent bystander here, but he was indeed caught up in something that was far beyond his control. He didn't have the backbone to do what was right and had inadvertently been thrown into a profound, world-changing event, even if he didn't at the time understand such. Pilate marveled at Jesus. One can only imagine the quandary that he found himself in at this time. As the situation progressed, it is clear that Pilate personally desired anyway to set Jesus free. And that was not to be, for again, what Pilate was involved in here was simply too big and simply too critical. It was quite honestly out of his hands. That was our daily devotions by Pastor Tim Dodson. For more information about Pastor Tim and JF Believers Church, visit jfbelievers.com.